In John chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, it says, To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Declare this with me in the name of Jesus. A little, little stronger, please. I hear the voice of the Lord. I am your sheep, and Jesus is my shepherd. I know your voice, and you follow me, or I follow you. <laughs> Say this with me. I listen carefully to hear God's plan for my life. So the first and most basic way that we hear from him is through the more sure word of God. And we covered that last Sunday. The more sure word of God as it is taken heed to, it shines as a light into a dark place. Now as believers, did you know that we have GPS? And that we also have Siri? Well, spiritually, we could say that GPS stands for God's positioning spirit. You know, how many of you know that he can keep talking to you even when you get off course? He can recalculate things if necessary and reroute us. Another thing about the wonderful thing about GPS is what he does is he prompts us along the way. And if you miss a turn, you get off course, he can get you back on the right path. And so we also have Siri, I love this, spirit inside revealing information. He keeps you from getting lost. He, told, he shows you the best route. He keeps us on track. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And we're going to get into this second way that we hear from him and to be led by him is this inward witness. But before we do, let's understand this, that he also guides us through Scripture. The Word of God teaches us, it reminds us, it prompts us, the Word of God is alive. And so then, it is our part to be, if you would, preloaded. In other words, we must have daily exposure to the Word of God. And when we do, we begin to see life through his vantage point. How many of you know that he can see above, he can see beneath, he can see all around? He knows what's coming. And so when we get into the word of God, we begin to see as he sees. Not only that, but you can get a now word for today. You can get guidance for today. You can glean wisdom for this day. You see, the word of God is our fresh manna. In Matthew 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God that proceeds from the mouth of God. That word proceeds in the Greek means a present happening now, ongoing and constant. Oh, isn't that awesome? Say with me, the word of God, word of God. is God speaking to me. It's my daily bread. It's alive. And it is fresh. Now it's no wonder the devil works so hard to keep your Bible closed. Martin Luther said this, All cunning 
of the devil is exercised in trying to tear us away from the word of God. The psalmist said this, that his word is a lamp to our feet and it is a light to our path. And so we must remind ourselves constantly the word is present, the word is working, the word of God is alive and it's active and it's working in my life. You see, if you need wisdom or you need an answer or you need strength or you need courage, the Holy Spirit will prompt you. He will nudge your heart. He wants to talk to you. He knows exactly what you need. He knows where you can find a verse that will turn your day around, turn your life around, turn your family around. He will speak to you. He will guide you. And He will give you inspiration from the Word of God. For every problem that we face in life, there is a promise from the Word of God. For every problem that you go through, the promises of God, the Scripture says, are exceeding great and precious. And so as you place the Word of God in your heart, as you hide it in your heart, and as you begin to speak forth what God had said about you, I'm telling you, it will turn your life around. God's Word turned my life around in 1975 when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In a treatment center with drug alcohol and a heroin addiction, Jesus Christ came into my life and literally obliterated the devil's power over my life. And I have been free for over 40 years. To God be the glory. Only God can do that. Only God can turn a life around. Only God can take a criminal and turn him into a saint. Only God can take you out of the depths of hell and cause you to be raised up together and made to sit together in Christ Jesus. I'm not telling you a fallacy. I'm not talking about fantasy today. I'm talking to you about reality. This word is alive. And when you get this word in you, it will change your life forever. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to preach a little bit. Come on, raise your hands and say to God be the glory. So there's an answer for you. There's a path for you. I remember getting saved and then getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And still there was kind of this missing link. What was the missing link? Why was I still tormented about the past? Why was I still feeling guilty about what I'd done and where I'd been? Because I hadn't received the reality of the Word of God. The reality of righteousness, the reality of redemption, the reality of the indwelling Holy Spirit in my life literally changed my life forever. I found out that I'm not who I was. I am now in Christ, and Christ is in me. Amen. You know what it did? It set me on a path for my future. I began to look at my future with a smile on my face. When I was 23 years old, I was about dead. When I was 23 years old, I looked like I was about 65. A bad 65. I'm a good 65 now. <laughs> but the Lord of God. Woo, glory to, it'll restore your soul. It'll cause your youth to be renewed like the eagles. It'll turn your life around. And what God is looking for, he's looking for some discipline, he's looking for some consistency, and he's looking for some diligence for those who will open this word, take this word, hide it in their heart, be a doer of the word of God, and just see what God will do in your life. Let's give him praise today.
So another primary way that God speaks to us, we're talking about hearing God, is found in John 16 and verse 13. It says here, but when he, the Spirit, comes, he will not speak his own message on his own authority. He will tell you whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. He will announce and declare to you the things that are come and the things that can happen in the future. And in verse 14 it says, He will honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive of, and draw upon what is mine and will reveal, he will disclose, and he will transmit it to you. Man, that's an awesome promise. And so he leads his people individually. And one of the ways that he leads us, of course, is by the leadership, the unction of the Holy Spirit, and by this inward witness. In Romans chapter 8, I want us to take a look at those verses today. In Romans 8 verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by opportunities. For as many as are led by their emotions. For as many as are led by money. For as many as are led by their husbands or their wives. No, that's not what the Bible says. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God should and can be led by the Spirit of God. In verse 15 it says, For you didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. I'm telling you, the spirit of fear is foreign to your recreated born-again spirit. You haven't received that. It brings bondage into our lives. But I tell you what we have received. We have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Good Father, Good Father. Now read verse 16 with me. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now notice this. This tells us the means and the way that he communicates to us. He communicates us spirit to spirit. See, you're not looking at the real Mark Thomas here. This is my shell. The real Mark Thomas is a spirit being. Just like you are a spirit being. Paul brought it out very clearly to the church at Thessalonica where he said, And the very God of peace sanctify you holy, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So say with me, I am a spirit, and with my spirit I contact God who is a spirit. I am a spirit, and the Father of spirits communicates with me in my and through my my spirit. Now listen, the more conscious of that fact that you are, and the more good, good father inside minded you are, the more Holy Ghost inside minded you are, the more conscious of him you will be, and the easier it will be for you to be led by him. E.W. Kenyon said this. He said, the one who lets his spirit gain the mastery and influence and influence him in critical times is the one who climbs to the top. How many of you are climbing to the top? I mean, I know by faith. I mean, I know in him we're at the top. But how many of you know in life, glory to God, God wants to bring us from the basement to the penthouse. Hallelujah. Now in verse 14 again, as many as are led 
by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It is possible, and many are, head-led, emotion-led, feeling-led, money-led, externally-led, opportunity-led. But I'm saying to you this morning, be only and always led by the Spirit of God. At every juncture in life, every time that you need to make a decision... How many of you are need to make some decisions here in the next few months? Or at any time you need to give a person a response to a question that you just were not sure how to answer. Or when you're faced with the crisis of life and you're not sure which way to go, whether to, you know, go the route of medical science or a science or to go another route. At every juncture in life, here's what we must do. We must stop, and we must look, and we must listen. We must acknowledge him in all of our ways, at the top of our decisions. Not going through and making up our mind what we're going to do and say, Lord, can you sign off on this? No. The Lord is not going to sign off on things that are not his plan and not his will for your life. And so Proverbs tells us very clearly about this. In Proverbs 3, he says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's where God is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Now that takes discipline not to do that. Now it doesn't say don't use your head. God gave us a head for a reason, or a brain for a reason. But do not lean on that, lean on Him. Trust in him. Now notice in verse 6. Read it with me. In all thy ways. Notice it does not say ignore him. What this says is give him full place. Now what does it mean, Pastor Mark, to acknowledge him? It means acknowledge that he knows more than you do. Acknowledge him that he knows the way because he is the way. Acknowledge him that he knows best. Don't exclude him. Include him. Invite him to guide you all the time. It may just sound like this. Lord, I need help here. I'm just asking you, sir, to to help me in this decision. First of all, I I roll the care of it over on you because I can't carry this care. You're the Father who cares for me. So I place my cares over in your hands. Now I'm asking you, sir, to lead me, guide me. I acknowledge that you know a whole lot more than I do. And so I pray that you would cause me to know the will and the plan of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now here's another verse in John 16, 7. This is a great verse. Right before Jesus left, he says, I'm telling you the truth. It is expedient, it is profitable for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I'm going to send him to you. Well, how is it better for Jesus to be gone? These disciples are probably asking that question. Well, it's better for a number of reasons. One being, if he doesn't go, the Comforter won't come. And then he tells us, as a result of him going and the Comforter coming, here's what will happen. He said, and I will pray in John 14 that the Father, that he will give you another Comforter. 
Now that word comforter means counselor, hallelujah, strengthener, intercessor, strengthener, and standby. He said, I'm going to give you another comforter that he may abide with you until next Tuesday. No, thank God forever. Isn't that right, Ronnie? Forever. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him, neither knows him, but he says, but you know him. For he dwells with you, and read the rest with me, and shall be where? Oh, man, he shall be in you. Now, you think about it. In the old covenant, they were used to God being with them, were they not? In the book of Numbers, you can read that they were guided with a cloud by day and a fire by night. The Holy Ghost was in that cloud. And they always had a guide to guide them, to lead them, and to protect them. But then you move forward to the ministry of Jesus. For three and a half years, he had the Spirit without measure. And so they were able to talk to him face to face. And if they had questions, they would get their answers. But here's what Jesus is saying to them and saying to us. I'm going to leave you and it's going to be better because the one that's been with you is now going to be in you. In other words, the one that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I love it. Paul said it like this. Don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? He furthermore addressed them. He said, not what know you not? That you are the temple of God, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. So in the new covenant, that's where we're at today. In this new covenant, everything has changed. Amen. The old man moved out and the new man moved in. And so back there... Their whole existence was based on following the cloud by day and the fire by night. But when the cloud moved, they were were protected. They were blessed. And that was good. But how many of you know it's better now? Because the cloud has changed locations. I said the cloud has changed locations. You and I are now mobile temples of the Holy Ghost. Now it is in Him that we live, in Him we move, and it is Him that we have our being. Hallelujah. And so therefore, we can follow the inward witness of the Holy Spirit in our life. Say it with me, I've got a guide living on the inside. I have a built-in compass. How many of you, be honest, in your life, there's been a time or two where you were heading for a location and you didn't write directions down and you got lost? I'm going to raise both hands. And I do think that some people in the natural realm are kind of directionally challenged. That's sort of a politically correct way of saying they don't have a clue. And I'm not talking about me or talking about Brenda, but, you know, we should not be. (laughs) We should not be directionally challenged in the realm of the Spirit. Why is that? Simply because you have a guide on the inside. You know, when we went um, over to Europe uh, to celebrate Brenda's 60th 
birthday, uh, we hired a guide in Rome. And this young Italian man was very, very sharp. He knew how to get places that, quite frankly, it took people hours and hours to get to and to get through the lines. But because he was a guide and he was well-known, we got entree into some places very quickly. He was very knowledgeable. He was our guide, if you will, on the outside. How much more the guide on the inside. Hallelujah. Can get you through the lines. He can get you where you need to be. He can set up the divine appointments just for you. You see, you've got a compass on the inside. Oh, declare it strongly today with me, please, friends. I have a guide on the inside. So I believe this, that one of the most important messages that you and I can learn is to learn to be led by the Spirit of God. Dad Hagen said this. He said, the individual that will learn to be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top in life. Let's say that again. The individual that will learn to be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top in life. Is that you? Yes. Amen. That's me. Now in Romans 8.16, once again, it says, the Spirit itself, and I like to say it this way, the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are what? We are the children of God. Now, the question is asked, is my spirit a safe guide? Yes, if your spirit is born of God in fellowship with the Father God and walking in the Spirit, your spirit becomes a very, very safe guide. Now, how many of you know this? That feelings are the voice of what? Feelings are the voice of the flesh. It's the voice of the body. Some of you may have had some feelings this morning when the alarm clock went off. It took several minutes for that alarm clock to go off in our household. And so, thank God we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. But feelings are the voice of the body. And then reasoning, amen, is the voice of what? uh, Reasoning is the voice of the soul. Now, conscience, everyone say conscience, it is the voice of the spirit. So your spirit and your conscience are very important when it comes to being led by God and to make sure that your spirit is a safe guide. Now, conscience being the voice of the spirit tells you and I that it's extremely important for us to have a clear conscience. Since it is your conscience that bears witness with the Holy Spirit, the condition of my conscience and the condition of your conscience is extremely crucial. Now, let me just read a couple verses here. In Timothy, Paul said, he said, I'm holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. He said, the goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. 
In Acts 24, Paul said this. He says, this being so, I myself always strive, listen to this, to have a conscience without offense toward God and toward man. It's extremely important to keep your conscience clear. If something's bothering you down on the inside, you need to pay attention to that. If something is nudging you on the inside and uh, you just know that something's just not right, maybe you, you spoke harshly to somebody, maybe you were critical about somebody, maybe you were judgmental, whatever the case might be, How many of you know, if you're really born of God, your conscience will rise up and let you know those things. And so pay attention to what's going on on the inside of you because this is where he leads us and this is where we hear from heaven. Now, if my conscience is not clear, then what will happen? Let's put it this way. If our conscience is not clear... The voice of God that he uses to lead us in regards to his specific will becomes muted. I'm going to borrow a medical term for something that happens with people when they lose their voice. It's called laryngitis. We do not want to get laryngitis of the inward man. Paul warned He said that in the last days, the Spirit of God is speaking. He said men and women will have their conscience seared with a hot iron. In other words, no feeling, just dull, overriding their hearts, overriding their conscience. Even as a born-again Christian, you can live your life for yourself or you can live your life for God. And if you live your life for yourself long enough, sooner or later, your conscience will become seared and it won't even bother you anymore. Let me use an example. How many of you like to drink hot coffee? Okay, that's, you know, about 60, 70% of you. I like a good, I like me a good cup of Major D, Pete's coffee in the morning. But when I was two years old, I didn't drink hot coffee. If I had drank hot coffee at two years old, it would have really, really burned and hurt. But over the process of time, after years and years of drinking coffee, I can drink hot coffee relatively quick and not bother me. Why? Because I'm used to it. And so there's a searing sometimes that takes place in people's lives. And I want to talk to you just for a moment. I felt really led by the Spirit of God to talk about your conscience today. How many of you know that your conscience is extremely important with God? Ignoring your conscience will cause it to be effectively muted. And when your conscience is injured or muted, you're heading for trouble. I want you to pull this verse up. We'll get off this in just a minute. Relax. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 19, I want you to look there, if you would. 1 Timothy 1, verse 19. It says here, holding faith and a good conscience. Everyone say a good conscience. Which some having put away. In other words, they've ignored it. They've put it away. 
concerning faith or concerning their walk with God, what has happened as a result of putting away their conscience and ignoring their conscience, what's happened to their lives? It has made shipwreck. Shipwreck. Now, I understand this by watching movies about ships. I understand that the captain will make course corrections, right? They might be heading for a storm, and so they'll make a course correction. In flight sometimes, when we're flying, and the pilot runs into those bumps. What are those bumps anyway? Turbulence. How many of you just enjoy turbulence in the air? I didn't think so. I mean, it'll cause you to pray in tongues real quick. Right? But turbulence is, is, is normal, if you will, for flying. But a good pilot, he knows that he can go lower or he can go higher or he can go around the storm. Those are course corrections. And in our life, the Holy Spirit, who is your guide on the inside, will oftentimes give you course corrections. He'll show you, you know what, that relationship with that person is not going anywhere. Let's just correct that course. Why don't you just step out of that relationship nicely and lovingly? Because I've got a different course for you. I've got a different mate for you. Or how about the job? You get a job offer and... and. Uh, and you're in this specific job and you just know that you know that it's only temporary. How many of you know that there are things in life that are just temporary? Yes. Including jobs. And so the Lord comes along and he gives you a course correction. He leads you and guides you into a different job, into a better job. How many of you are candidates for a better job? Yes. And so listen to the Holy Spirit because what he will do with in our lives, he will deal with us. He will tell us, change this. You're off course. Get on course. Now notice, if we heed those things, then we're on the right road with him and we are able then to fulfill the will of God. Now listen. Once a person puts away their conscience, they will lose their personal course and as a result make shipwreck in their lives. None of us in this auditorium want our lives to be shipwrecked. So I exhort you today, take heed to your spirit. Take heed to your heart. Feed your spirit the word of God. Continuously commune with him. And what he will do for you and what he will do for me, he will keep us on course. And the good news is this. He'll take us all the way to the harbor. Hallelujah. He'll take us all the way to the finish line with all of our cargo in, in effect, in store. Amen? Is that the will of God for you? Oh, glory to God. So declare of me as many as are led by the Spirit of God. They're the sons of God. So let's talk for the last eight minutes that we have here in this service this morning. Let's talk about identifying this witness.
To identify this witness of the Spirit, we must have a respect for the Holy Spirit. We must recognize Him, and then we must respond to Him. Let's look at the word witness or witnesseth as it relates to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. Let's notice this for a moment. In 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 1, Paul said, This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of how many? In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Now is this not true where the word of God is concerned? Never ever build a doctrine just on one scripture. It's very, very intelligent and wise to have several scriptures, at least two or three, amen? So that you know that you know that this is true. For example, in the area of healing. Can you think of one scripture or two scriptures or even three scriptures that promise you divine health? Absolutely. Therefore, you can bank on that. You can put your stake in that. Let's just quote a couple. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. By his stripes we were Christ has redeemed us from the Surely he bore our griefs and carried our Hallelujah. Man, you guys are sharp. You know the word. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forgetting all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all So that is a solid foundation. That's a sure word that we can depend on. So everything that we believe, we examine in the light of the Word. Now this also applies to being led by the Spirit. I never make decisions. Let me, let me qualify that. I should never make decisions based on one witness. Notice this in verse 16 again. The Spirit himself beareth witness with what? With our spirit that we are the children of God. Basically what this means is a co-witness. In other words, there's another witness on the inside of you. There's someone on the inside of you called the Holy Spirit who will witness with your spirit that this is the way to go. Now let's say, for example, Brenda stands up. And says, you know, I've just got something in my heart. And then Brother Amaral over there says, you know what? I've had the same thing. What is that? She's witnessing and he's co-witnessing. Understand that. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in us. He bears witness with our spirit. He's in our life. Amen? And so this co-witness is extremely important. I remember Brother Hagen talking about going to prayer and having a time of communion with the Lord and he would look at his calendar and he would just sense in his heart that you know he should he should come to let's say for example he should go to Hayward for a faith crusade or he should go to Miami for a Holy Ghost meeting or you know he should uh, he should let maybe a third of his staff go because there was a recession coming Or, you know, he should hire this person to stand in this place in his ministry. And so what he would do is he would would go before the Lord and he would pray in the Spirit. 
he would commune with God and he would fellowship with God and he would say something like this. Now, Lord, on the inside of me, I I, I just sense I'm, I'm... I'm thinking about, I'm praying about going to Hayward in the month of April for a Holy Ghost meeting. Uh, what, what, what do you think? What, 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 are your, what do you say? And on the inside, the Spirit of God, not necessarily a voice, but just a witness. Yeah, that's right. That's it. That's it. Go out. Do it. Do it. Do it. See, that's, he had that, but then the Holy Spirit witnessed it to him and with him. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So in life, do the same thing. Don't make it hard. Don't make it mysterious. Say, now, Lord, now, we have a young lady here. Christine is going to go to Raymond this summer, right? Next fall. And uh, you had that in your spirit, right? And I'm sure you prayed about it. And I'm sure the Spirit of God witnessed to your spirit that that's what you should do. So she had it on the inside, and then the Spirit of God came along and witnessed it to her spirit. Amen. Learn to follow this inward witness. Learn to follow your seamer. Learn to follow what seems right and what seems good on the inside of you. When you learn to follow your seamer and what seems good on the inside of you, you will not miss it. In Acts chapter 5, let's examine this just for a few more moments. In Acts chapter 5, in verse 29 and verse 30, it says, Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hung on a tree. Him God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses. Everyone say witnesses. Witnesses. We are witnesses of these things And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Do you see the principle here? You know that he agrees with you if he bears witness with your spirit. He knows things we don't know. I love this verse of scripture in Corinthians. It says, what For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but we have received the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given us of God. I'm prophesying to you today that you don't need a prophecy for someone to lead you and guide you. You don't need a man to tell you what to do. You've got the man, Christ Jesus, living on the inside of you. You know, a lot of baby Christians get in trouble with that. They want to be led by other people's prophecies. And they're young and they don't know and they're green. It happened to a couple in South Africa. They had a beautiful, palatial home, just almost like a mansion. They had a beautiful yacht. It was just wonderful and just glorious. A minister went to minister uh, in their church, and they came back and went to dinner at their home, and and then they went out on the yacht, and oh, it was just awesome, something he had never seen before. And then they got back to the home, and the man of the house said, you know, we're going to lose this all, everything, the house, we're going to lose it in just a few weeks. We're going to lose the yacht here in just a matter of time. 
And the preacher said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What happened? Can you tell me what happened? He said, well, we went over to some prophet's house. And a prophet, and we, were, we were thinking about investing, you know, in, in some sort of business, some sort of company. And we went over to this house, and this guy prophesied over us that by, by all means you should invest, not partially, but you should invest totally and completely everything that you have in that business. In a matter of months, that business went bankrupt. And they lost everything. And so the preacher began to say, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. But then he taught them that we're not led by prophets in the new covenant. That we're led by the Spirit of God. And that the Spirit of Him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The best voice, the biggest voice you need to pay attention to is Him. And so thank God. He said, you know, I wish I, I would have known that. How many of you know God can restore that? God can restore that. I want to say this in closing. A lot of people are seeking voices and they're seeking angels and they're seeking visions and they're seeking all this stuff and yet they're never in the Word. Never in church. All they want to do is tell the pastor what to do. All they want to do is prophesy money out of your pocket into their pocket. Just a lot of flesh going on out there. The Spirit of God spoke up to Brother Keith Moore, who is a very close friend of ours and a good spiritual mentor for us and our church. The Spirit of God spoke up to Brother Moore. He said this. He said, Son, pay attention to what I've said to you already in the book. Spend much time about what I've already spoken to you in the book, and if I need to say anything else, I'll say it to you. Isn't that a good rule to live by? Well, did you get anything out of this today? Let's stand to our feet. Amen.